to the Kane and Rince podcast, Volume 1, Issue 10. This week, from the achingly distant Xbox Live Summer of Arcade 2011, we question whether Supergiant's Bastion warranted all the positive attention that it received at the time. Originally, this conversation that you are about to hear formed part of a two-game show recorded at the same time as our Deus Ex Human Revolution discussion. Due to our self-imposed time restriction, as well as editor Jay's sanity, we have separated these two into separate issues of the podcast. Please note, we absolutely do spoil, in more than one sense of the word, Bastion in the forthcoming hour or so. So my advice to you is get it played if you haven't already. Uh, We also felt, we discussed this in the uh, virtual green room after the show, that we felt rather bad that although we had a name checked, a few of the people involved in Bastion, we didn't Credit everyone, credit where credit's due and all that. So Greg Kasavin, the writer uh, formerly of GameSpot and a producer of Command & Conquer Red Alert 3, a very different product, obviously, absolutely deserves credit for Bastion, as does the artist Gen Z. Uh, We credit composer Darren Korb in the show. You should hear a couple of his tracks uh, around this podcast. Um, It's a fantastic soundtrack, well worth getting hold of. Uh, Ashley Barrett is the female vocalist. I assume Darren Corb provides the male vocals himself. It doesn't say anything to suggest uh, anything else, although Logan Cunningham, the voice of the narrator, and Rux also uh, takes vocals on a track or two. Uh, so here it is. Um, enjoy. Cox today on Cane and Rinse. We have James Carter. Hello. Joshua Garrity. Hello there. Sean O'Brien. Hello. And introducing a special guest from the Character Select Network from Ready Up, Dan Benden. Hello there. Welcome. Uh, he is the Lord and Master of the Character Select Network. And as such, I bow down to him. And also because he's a big fella. Yep. But not scary. Uh, so, Bastion, then. This came out in July as part of the 
slightly disappointing, arguably, Summer <laughs> of Arcade 2011. Uh, it's by a company called Supergiant Games. I believe it's their first release uh, and was released by Warner Brothers. Looking at the leaderboards earlier, and this isn't completely uh, reliable, but uh, there are 176,701 people on the story leaderboards, so there's been at least that many downloads, possibly more. Uh, now, Bastion was a day one purchase for me. Uh, it looked interesting. I didn't know a huge amount about it going in, but it seemed to be the one that Microsoft were backing the most in, in the summer of arcade, although I do have a beef with the fact that they sometimes randomly decide to, to uh, sort of put all their backing behind a game like this and then certain other games which are of measurable quality uh, get seemingly ignored and buried. However, uh, it did look good. It looked to have a style about it. The trailers were interesting, and so I downloaded it and pretty much played it constantly for the next couple of days until I saw the first ending. Uh, there's a choice of uh, things you can do at the end. There are two choices you can make in the the last act, actually, um, which do have an effect. And f finally, today, after some months, I went back, completed my new game, plus it has that, and uh, chose the other two choices. Um, I was rewarded with a song and a slightly different ending, which was good. Uh, so, it's uh, what it's. Is it an action RPG? Is that fair, everybody, or or is it? It's almost a shooter. In, it's sort in, of a, in, nearly a twin stick shooter as well, isn't it? It's sort it of is. uh, uh, no, not a twin stick shooter, really, is it? No, because you're always shooting the way you're. Uh, yeah, racing. I suppose. Yeah. But you can well, but the auto aim because the weapons, mm. a lot of the weapons have an aim, don't they? So yeah, it's, uh, it's. I'd say action RPG is about as close as you're going to get in this day and age to nailing a genre for it. And strangely, it introduces right at the very, very end a little tiny bit of platforming, doesn't it? Because it gives you a jump which you've not had for 95 <laughs> yeah, of the game maybe more and then suddenly there's uh, you're given springy boots um, which remind me rather of uh, link's feather in link's awakening in that you can suddenly uh, jump from from platform to platform uh, otherwise yeah falling down holes that's annoying uh, so it's set on a it's it's almost uh, i suppose it reminds me a little of a like a forced isometric uh, game mm. from from the 8-bit days uh, but one of the interesting things, apart from the fact that it has this very painterly or artist, uh, arty uh, graphic style, is that the backgrounds kind of fill themselves in as you progress around the world. Yeah, it sort of builds itself, doesn't it? But it's also falling apart by itself. Yeah, the, the point being, yeah, yeah. The, uh, uh, you'd have to excuse me if I gush and, and go on too long about. No, that's uh, why you're on this show. Uh, we'll we'll <laughs> about talk about specifically, specifically why you're on the show later, but. Um, go, yeah, go for it. Wax I get the impression, and it, and the, one of the things that is wonderful, I think, about Bastion and its story is that it's not really you are left to make your own conclusions about many, many things. But the point is that the world, the calamity, has caused the world to fall to pieces. So, although the world is very strange, it's, it's sort of made fairly clear that that's not what the world looked like before. It wasn't all falling to bits, and and it didn't build itself and fall apart around the inhabitants of that world. So. Mm. That's something people are having to get used to or are not used to. Um, yeah, I think it's a really interesting gameplay mechanic having uh, the world build itself as well because there are lots of like secret items in the environment and I found myself like skirting on the edges of all <laughs> yeah. the environment trying to find those secret paths and it was really satisfying seeing that like little bit of path appear and you're like, yes, there's something cool over there. 
Yeah, yeah, I think that's really great, especially as rewarding as the, normally the items you collect, right, are either upgrade items mm. or even better seem to have no purpose at all. And they're the best items in the game, I find, because you get to go back and talk to everyone yeah. about an item and everyone will tell you something different. I think that's amazing. There were, uh, there, there were possibly a few points where doing that thing that Josh was talking about, where you would get to the edge of an arena and it wouldn't, because of the very organic art style, it wouldn't always be entirely clear whether you were actually on the edge or because sometimes there would be details mm. that were supposed to be in the background, but because they, they didn't parallax in any way, you could sort of roll onto what just looked like a darker plank, but in fact it's meant to be kind of hanging down from these floating structures but the whole yeah, thing is very yeah. sort of dreamlike isn't it um i mean you, you especially you, the dream bits especially <laughs> the dream bits yeah but you spend a lot of time um lying face down and then waking up don't you uh yes. even after yeah. even after you travel every time you travel you have to sort of manually activate your character to get back up he never starts in an area ready to run does he yeah his area i think is transporting from one area to the other it has a the sort of downside of uh Firing you at the ground when you arrive, <laughs> yeah. I think is the idea. It reminded me a little bit of uh, in Harry Potter when they uh, they uh, teleport using is it called port keys? Are they called uh, yeah, port and they'll key, arrive yeah. sort of at the speed they were travelling at and fall over and land on their faces. I thought it was quite for a magical world like this. Is it sort of seems like someone went, oh, that's that's good enough. It that, reminded that me of uh, the Cannon Brothers in Secret of Mana, which was uh, the way you got, before you unlocked Flammy in that game, uh, you used cannons to fire you between continents and, <laughs> yeah, you would land. Um, but it, it doesn't, it's not quite consistent in that if you roll off the bottom of the world, you roll back, you fall back from above and you take <laughs> a bit of damage and, unless you've done some modifiers. But you can also hurt the enemies. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I found that it is a little frustrating because a couple of times I'd fall off mm. the world. But the, the, the penalty for that is so little that it doesn't really bother you. you know, yeah, if it, none you know. of the areas are, are too littered with holes, are they? And when, when they finally do that late in the game, that's when you've got your, uh, your magical jumpy platform boots. Yeah. Yeah. I think the only time it becomes a problem is in the, the dream sequences where you get through those and you get to round, you know, the later rounds and you've got big holes in the area and it's quite mm. tough to using your role mechanic to avoid falling down the holes. It also, um, but that seems like a more, that is a challenge and it's difficult, yeah. but that, at that point in the game, the thing you're doing is supposed to be it's like really hard, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's the challenging. If anything, that's probably, I'd say one of the only challenging, really challenging parts of the game, unless you were putting the, uh, Difficulty up using uh, idols. Modifiers, yeah, yeah, the gods, yeah. the idols, yeah. the, the temple. So you unlock these throughout the game, and uh, there's no penalty for leaving them off, but for turning them on, you can massively rack up. Uh, high, you can, uh, and they stack, don't they? So you can they do, yeah. hugely increase the amount of XP you get by turning them on. So, yeah. for instance, uh, one of them makes en enemies randomly invisible one of them me makes them stun uh stun on touch um there's a, there's well there's 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 eight or ten i forget yeah, i think it's ten actually yeah five two yeah. lines of five isn't it and, yeah, yeah. has anyone tried playing the game with all of them on yes it is really very hard <laughs> it's a lot tougher, <laughs> really really yeah. hard so yeah but you can countermand that by uh there are uh is it there's ten weapons in the game as well 
uh, and there's 10 levels you can go up. Uh, each, each time you go up a level, you can add an extra modifier to your character, the kid. Um, mm-hmm. The 10 weapons each have five, uh, well, five pairs of power-ups, uh, weapon upgrades, which you can choose yep. one of uh, each time. But then once you've unlocked it, you can flick between the two. Um, so once you factor all this in, plus the possibility for critical hits and the power shots um, each for, for each weapon, they work differently. Um, there's a there's quite a lot of depth to the to what ostensibly seems like quite a simple RPG action game. And then there's your tonics as well to modify yourself even further with yeah various things. Yeah, so like yeah, to, when you think about it, when I think back about it, it never I couldn't say the game. I wouldn't say the game was all that deep. The story is deep, and and the music and the atmosphere. But I wouldn't have ever said the gameplay is deep. But when you think back about how much choice you had. Uh, you had a lot of choice on your weapons and your modifiers and your your buffs and your yeah. uh, and all sorts. There's a lot there. Even just the basic uh, weapon choices are actually quite extensive. Yeah, because um, you dual wield constantly. So yeah, and and every every pair of weapons you can you can wield seems to offer different benefits. And I, yep. I imagine all of us have got a different pair of weapons we used and found yeah. worked for us, and would swear we're the best pair of weapons in the game. But the truth <laughs> is, they're all incredibly useful incredibly powerful in their own way i'd be interested in hearing what everyone's favorite weapon was yeah me too uh mine was machete and the fanged repeater Mach- mm. so it's machine gun and sword basically yeah for- yeah 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 my my my, de- my favorite weapon of all of them was uh i, I like the, the the breaker bow which is the sort of mm. compound bow and the fang repeater once the fang repeater was fully powered and oh, had yeah. uh tracking bullets uh, homing bullets. Uh, that's that weapon was unbeatable. Yeah. You could just stand mm. at the beginning of the level and hold down fire, and you'd be <laughs> you'd be sorted. Sean, uh, I usually use the pike and the musket. So, <laughs> I don't know what it was. They called it in the game, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah, the, yeah rubbish. The, the ranged rifle. Yeah, yeah, and no, that's the there's a different there's there's, oh, the, two, there's a carbine there? yeah. gun and there's also the the rubbish firing shotgun. Yeah, it's the shotgun, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. the musket is the oh, shotgun. Yeah. Carbine, yeah. And uh, Josh, so yeah, all everyone different so far. Um, I stuck with the hammer that you get right yeah. at the beginning of the game, and totally the dual, the uh, dual pistols. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I stuck with the uh, hammer mainly because the last upgrade for that thing uh, is if you put your shield up, the attack charges up. So when you finally go into attack, the enemy's dead in like one hit. Hmm. And I felt the dual pistols were just like a nice, easy way of keeping enemies kind of keeping away. away. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's good cracker. I mean, I say I used the um, the the bow, the breaker bow, but that's mainly because I quite like the idea of that bow. I like yeah. the bow and the way, it's, and its power shot was awesome if you could get it right, but it was tricky. But a lot of the time, I actually went for the Fang Repeater and the Jaw Pistols, which is they're probably oh, wow. the two most similar mm. weapons in the game in that they're, they're massively rapid fire. But using the both just felt kind of, you know, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I think, I can't actually remember what I used mostly on my first playthrough. It may have well been the Hammer and the Pistols, actually. But on my New Game Plus completion, which I played most, most of the, the second half of, this afternoon, I went for the ridiculously overpowered um, 
combo of the mortar and the and the cannon. So it's basically bazooka and mortar gun. Uh, fully powered up the pair of them. And also the, another thing, you've got a perk which is active the whole time. So as well as your tonic perk, you've also got a weapon perk. Mm. Uh, which I had the one where if you uh, these are on the right trigger, so you fire your cannon ball and it splits then into uh, dozens of smaller explosive devices. It's a it's a screen clearer. So between that and mm. the mortar, oh, the mortar got... was unstoppable, yeah. really, wasn't it? For the dream sequences, I think the mortar was just just hide in a corner and yeah, especially the when, like at first it seems very slow and it doesn't do a huge amount of wide area damage, mm. but once you've powered it up a few times. Uh, it becomes very, very useful. It's very useful. I suppose, yeah, I mean, we should talk about the menagerie of monsters because that's what you spend the large amount of time doing is managing your way around all the different monsters. And, of course, the point being that all these monsters require a slightly different strategy to kill. There are yep. there are ones which uh, pounce at you and come at you from under the floor, the um, alligator-type monsters, yeah. I can't remember mm-hmm. what she's called. Um, and there's the rabbit ones and the... the various they they all have a different approach um but the mortar if you time if you time it right so that the mortar lands when these a lot of the enemies have finished their sort of attack animation it'll hit them in their weak spot as they're kind of on the on the down as it were so that can be a real a boon but there's also mods for a lot of the weapons that shoot straight through armor and things like that yeah i mean the the gameplay itself, once you're, because you do all, I know you can sort of respec in a level, but not very often. It's very strange, actually. There's a few things in the game that show up very, very rarely, like the ability to fill up all your life potions at a fountain. Yeah, that shows up yeah. like twice in the whole game. And it's near the beginning. It's like you can refill your potions at a fountain. I'd actually forgotten you, will, you could do you that. You will yeah. never see a fountain again. No. So don't worry <laughs> about it. That's what it should have said at that point. It was very strange. Discarded ideas. Yeah. yeah. I guess they must have thought, well, we didn't need them. We took them out. Uh, the respecting there's a couple of times you can respect during a level you go into the armory uh, the armory or the mm. distillery isn't it for your uh, tonics but you you do most of that usually at the bastion right yeah. Uh, yeah so once you're actually in the game that's when it's sort of i guess you could say it becomes shallow because all you're doing is going from a to b and picking up something along the way that's where i guess i, I sort of feel the game shallow but it's it's not well, the thing that it's, it's keeps it interesting is, of course, the big uh, – or one of the things that keeps it interesting is the, 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 the thing that people probably know about this game, even if they haven't played it, which is uh, it has a narrator um, and who narrates both uh, the story and also sort of uh, talks as some of the characters, try, lets you on, in, on the insight, insight of uh, the, the mindset and also reacts to moments of gameplay. Um, there yes. seem to be any number of uh, <laughs> samples in there. I found some new ones going back to it today, like selecting that particular weapon loadout. He's like, yes. mm-hmm. he yeah. says something like, well, that's just ridiculous. You know, so, <laughs> so it's He Logan. seems to have something for everyone, doesn't he, for every one of those combos. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Lo- Logan Cunningham is, is the name of the, the man responsible. And uh, if you look him up on the IMDb, he's a surprisingly young, fresh-faced-looking fella. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Because he's not in the game, is no, he? No, he's, he's obviously got a range because um, you look at him, he looks like a sort of young acting student or something, but um, he, he sounds like a, yeah, a, a, a wizened old old man, which... Yeah, which is obviously the part he's playing. So, good cast. Interestingly, though, you said he speaks for some of the characters, but he is the only voice in the entire game. Uh, no, he's not. Sure. Yeah, 
yeah, Ashley Barrett, who provides the singing voice. Oh, sorry, yeah, she uh, does. She speak. speaks yes, right yes, at yes. the end. Yeah. Right at the end, yes. But yeah, for, throughout the main game, he's saying everything that... Because there's a point near the end of the game, isn't there, where you pass the point where Rux, who is the old guy... Rux, yeah. ...is narrating from... He's narrating from just before your last decision. Mm, the yeah. whole of that is up to that point in the game. And then she speaks after that because you're, you're at the point where he's telling the story, aren't you? He's sort of telling the yeah, story you've from caught, before you've caught that up decision. With the story, yeah. Mm. Yes. So, yeah, he's basically telling the story up until your final decision. I suppose that's another thing. Well, obviously, we, we're not going to talk about it just yet, but uh, another thing it shares with Deus Ex Human Revolution is that the very end of the game is decided on a simple... Well, there is, there's four in Deus Ex, but there's two here, you know, left yeah, or right yeah, option. A couple of binary choices here. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Are we, are we talking about those choices later or? We'll talk about the Deus Ex ones later, but yes. we can, you, can, you can talk about the, uh, the Bastion ones right now if you wish. I'll say the two choices, one, one doesn't, I guess it does change things. I, I, I played the game and uh, are, we, are we spoiling the game? Yeah, yeah, then? we spoil everything on Kane okay. and Rinse. Good stuff, right? Okay, so maybe we should talk about the characters first because yeah. then people might know what's going on. Yes. I'm just obsessed with that. Don't worry. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people wouldn't. I don't. I, don't, I found it odd that the characters meant a, f- a lot to me by the end of the game, mm. and I think it took me by surprise at the end of the game when I realised that they did mean a lot to me. Because up until that point, I was like, "Oh yeah, I know what's going on here." And then when I was made to make those two choices, it, it, I found it hard. Yeah, mm. pretty so, hard. Yeah. Well, let, let's start at the very beginning again. You play as the kid who is a white-haired boy. That's it. But yeah, that's <laughs> it. Literally, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, you don't, yeah. Throughout the game, you you find more and more about him. So yes, there's also there's there's Rux, the old man, who it later uh, becomes apparent. Although I kind of always had the suspicion that he was responsible for the titular bastion. Yep. Uh, and the calamity potentially as well. And the calamity, and yeah, and there, and also the power to reverse it. Uh, and there's Zia, the princess. Uh, princess. Did She's I? a princess. She's got to be. She's not really. She's like a homeless woman. She, but. Yeah. yeah. For the purposes of the game, certainly she is yes. the princess, isn't she? Yeah. If you're the hero, she's the princess. Yeah. Put it that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's uh, and then there's Ulf, isn't there? Mm. Zolf. 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 Yes. I'm, I'm yeah, still in Skyrim mode there. Ulf. <laughs> <laughs> Scandinavian. Um, who you have uh, a, to, a to and fro relationship with throughout the game. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I took to took to Zolf quite quite a lot actually. Uh, when you first see him, it looks a bit silly because he he looks a little bit like a a Russian doll type. Well, everyone mm. does, I suppose, sort of, don't they? Uh, well, actually, no, that's not true. Zolf and and Zia look a little bit like painted Russian dolls. I thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the kid and uh, the kid and Rux didn't really. They look like more rugged people. And didn't presumably, they? that's to draw the distinction between the two races. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they, they fall on either side of the divide, don't they? So the Kalondians was the K- Kalondia the whole thing. Kalondia, um, yes, I Selondia, Selondia, sorry. sorry. Yeah. Um, which does I always read it as Caledonia, which I, don't I do as well. Yeah. I did for extreme until, but every time Brock says it, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah, it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> got it. <laughs> and then there's the uh, the ancient people that Zir and Zolf belong to, whose names yep. start with Z, or well, their names. Urans, I believe they're called. Yeah, They're sort of meant to be a sort of traveling, maybe sort of gypsy type race. I took that as. Mm. Mm. 
but they also have like samurais sort of, sort of people and stuff. It's they, they are pretty. Yes, yeah, so they reference in the fiction that they kind of lived underground or something like that. Mm. Yeah, like they yep. lived under Salondia, uh, the city. Mm. Yeah. Um, uh, just sorry, can I just go off about uh, the story for yeah, a second? Please do. Um, I I actually found. Um, the whole dynamic between the Salondians and the um, the Ura really interesting because although the Ura kind of posed as the antagonists towards mm. the end of the game, you totally sympathize uh, sympathize with their motivations because effectively your people are responsible for the destruction of the Earth. Yeah. So. <laughs> Of course they're going to be pissed off and want to get a little bit of revenge. You destroyed everything. And I thought that was really interesting to fight enemies who you're not necessarily sure whether you should be fighting them or not. Maybe you should just give up and let them have their way because ultimately, although you're not directly responsible, your people are. Do you not think it... I know this is an odd comparison to draw, but... It's very, very strong comparison, I think, with uh, of all games, Gears of War. Yes. <laughs> uh, by the end of Gears Three, you know that the humans were well aware that what was going on was was going to force the people living underground out of their homes, out of out of their land, uh, yeah. and it was essentially the humans' fault. And it's I thought it was, I thought it was odd when it came to me, but it's very, very similar. Yeah. I think the difference is that you, you never really have sympathy for the locust to the point of not wanting to kill them because in Gears oh, yeah. it's very much a look down your sights and kill anything that moves that you mm. know that isn't human. So I, I don't think you ever get the sympathy for them, although by the end you realise what um, what the humans have done or the Serens yes, have done. Yeah. So. I guess it's, uh, not one to go on about Gears, but I guess it's more to do with Marcus's dad. He's the sympathetic one to both sides. He Because yeah. essentially he's his fault. He sort of takes the, the role of rocks yeah. in this, doesn't he? The, yeah, very much. Yeah. He caused it. He knew about it and he didn't tell them about it. That's, that's a similarity there. But and, and in both cases, they're not the ones to make the final decision as to what happens in, in the world that they've created. Yes. It's left yes. up to the, the, the hero in, in some sense, you know. I I guess what we need to lead to is is uh, without wanting to push it too far, but is these decisions that you have to make. And mm. uh, you, you said there, uh, Zolf, he doesn't betray you, does he? Really, he finds out the truth, the real truth. I mean, that they knew the truth, they knew what happened, they knew there was a war, but the real truth is that from the book, from the mm. book that he yeah. translated, it was that it was all the the Bastion was causing all this problem. The Bastion, the Bastion caused the calamity. Did it? Is that no, 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 no. The Calamity was a separate weapon, and the Bastion was built as a safety measure. That's it, yes, sorry, yeah. So, uh, but but um, Rux built the weapon, didn't he, as well? Yeah. Or, yes, or at least yeah. he had something to do with the weapon. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm super interested in the two decisions and the, the, what happens when you make them, and... I guess there being two decisions you can make two different ways, there's technically four different endings you could have, right? I guess so. Uh, so uh, yeah, I've you, only seen two. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's uh, the choice. The choices are, uh, well, eventually uh, Zulf's people, the Ura, turn on Zulf again, even though he had their best interests at heart. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have the choice. Uh, well, another thing during the, the sort of last stages 
is that as well as jumpy boots, after that you get uh, a massive battering ram. With the head of Which a is a ram as well, isn't it? It's actually a yeah, ram. It's literally a ram. A ram's head. Oh, it's a head of a ram. I thought it was a bull. Um, but uh, oh, maybe. Yeah, you know, it's those big gates that are bulls, aren't they? Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, so then, that I'm I'm not so keen on that, and from a purely gameplay point of view, because uh, your character slows right down, and you've suddenly got these new, slightly less satisfying attacks. Hmm. That, yeah. Again, like the beginning of the game with the fountain, it's it, and the jump as well. They, they seem like. There were mechanics that they didn't want to use throughout the main part of the game, and therefore mm. they confined them in this way to the point yeah. of, I agree, almost why are they there? Although that mm. weapon, I think, was more was somewhat of a, a storytelling or, or mm. gameplay conceit to say, look how powerful this weapon is. You're yeah. not going to have any trouble killing anyone you want. And then very soon after that, you're given the choice to leave of whether it. you want to keep it or not. Yeah, so that's the yeah. choice. Uh, saves Ulf, despite the fact that he, uh, earlier in the game, uh, messed up your... You were in the process of uh, getting the Bastion back together with these uh, nodes. And then after he read the book, he smashed it up. And then you had to spend the rest of the game getting the Bastion back together with shards, which are not as powerful yeah. as nodes. But effectively uh, did the same thing over time uh, so then yeah the decision was t- towards the end um my first the first time i played through i i left zulf and kept oh, really the, kept the battery really running. does that mean now i played, <laughs> Sorry, I, I, everyone. I, played <laughs> I played through the game a couple of times yeah and i've chosen the two different decisions at the very end of the game but i have never left Oh. I couldn't do it. I, no, couldn't I, could, leave I could never bring myself no. to leave him there. So what a no. uh, I yeah. just couldn't do it. So do you then have to fight your way through all of yes. uh, the Urans? Right. The, 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 the song with the male vocal that you get mm. as you carry Zulf, you don't get that as far as I right. can remember. Right. Um, I could is, be wrong about that. It's a few months back. It's a pretty moving song, right? Yeah, it is. And um, yes, we should, we should credit uh, Darren Corb. Who's mm-hmm. the music musician for this game? Who uh, we, we we talked about Shadows of the Damned having one of the best soundtracks of 2011. But for me, uh, I think the soundtrack to Bastion actually trumps it. Sweet. 
Sitting, I can see my signed copy of uh, the oh. Bastion soundtrack by signed by by uh, Darren uh, sitting just opposite me wow. on top of the TV. That's very cool indeed. I um, envy you, sir. Yes, <laughs> and you can also find uh, if you YouTube Ashley Barrett who sings for Zia. Um, you can find lots of her stuff on on the internet as well. Um, so yes, you don't get that as I recall, um, right. and you have to batter ram your way through the rest of the Ura and but then after that i don't i don't from from going from getting there again today without zulf i mm-hmm. don't remember it being any different but yeah. somebody well, i guess he's not in the credits anymore right in the in the sort of finishing pictures no mm. yeah no but I, that, I think that decision only really affects the immediate section of the game after that yes. the decision yeah. at the yeah. end is is still the same choice yes as to what you do with the bastion but yeah i i just couldn't bring myself to leave zolf no 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 matter how how bitter i might have felt over what he did you know Mm. just couldn't it was callous i admit Mm. (laughs) what i wondered there though was uh, as i was uh, today as i was walking with zolf and Mm. you're getting you're still getting shot at for a while sorry hang on i have to interrupt you did you say you left him the first time it just got worse, didn't it? Yeah. Fucking hell, man. That is cold. I mean, maybe maybe leave him to see what happens, but leaving yeah. him the first time? Wow. Mm-hmm. Can, can I yeah, ask, when, when, you, when you did and you had the battering ram, yeah. was that, because it seems like that fight out of there could have been quite difficult because you're lower down with a lot of enemies up above you. Uh, well, you've still got you've got you've still infinite, got the battering ram, so no, presumably you've got uh, yeah, well, you've got infinite uses of the right trigger attack, haven't you? It doesn't yeah. use uh, it doesn't use yeah, up a yeah, black yeah. bottle, so you can just rain fire down on them. Right. Okay. Yeah. But what okay. I was wondering was today uh, hauling Zulf through that uh, gauntlet, that uh, yes. kicking tunnel, um, is that your health does go down, even though all your all, all screen screen furniture is removed, mm-hmm. but you're mm. you're you're clearly getting hurt, and it does start yep. to say you know why to heal, press Y to heal. Uh-huh. Which I had to do two or three times, which presumably yeah. is normal because you can't control the speed. Yep. Can I don't you just, believe you can. I, I was going to say, you can, can you die. die there? I don't think so. You can just keep healing, or I think you know they stop shooting you after a while, right? Yes, they go when oh, they realize. The yeah, yeah, they realize. Well, I think it's more of a. I took it as an honor type thing because if you watch, there's obviously a commander guy right mm. there in one of the setups. I'm trying to get this from memory, but you, you're sort of walking up, aren't you? And then you go around the bend and you're walking back down. At the top, yeah. And they stop you. They stop shooting you when you go to the top. And everyone stops shooting, apart from one guy who shoots one more time. Who gets hit. He yeah. gets a hit from the commander because yeah. I, yeah. I took that as meaning the commander had said, look, he's rescuing that guy. Just fucking Yeah, it's definitely Rocky Four him, at the ending, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> the it, Russians are all chanting for you. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's moving, I thought. Uh, it was, Absolutely, it was yeah. one of the moves that you think, 
well, I'm glad I saved it. And and the whole bit where you're losing health and you're you're just panicking and thinking, yeah, absolutely. Because I, I'm not going to make it. Make it is you what can't you think. attack, yeah. can you? Either because you're no. carrying him and you're walking cripplingly slow as well. Is it like the, slow, the famous yeah. bit that in the game that I've never played, the, uh, the the microwave tunnel in MGS4, that kind of thing? Yeah, that kind of thing. You're just sure you're not going to make it. Yeah. But desperately trying to. Yeah, absolutely. It's like that. And I think that's probably why they removed the screen furniture. I don't know if you can die if you don't heal, but I would imagine that you keep getting hurt. Yeah. Until you yeah, cross that line. Because a... it seems to, at both times I did it, you crossed a line and they stopped shooting at you. It wasn't that yeah, it's you just got sort so of... injured. So. Just around the corner, isn't it? Just as you yeah. sort of turn the corner, I think they stopped. And, and it corner, took yeah. me by surprise as well that, that they yeah. stopped. And, and mm. then you see they're all sort of standing still and, and just waiting for you. I thought that was... Yeah. It's a silent such... salute as you, as you walk out of there, you know. They, mm. they've Them recognising what you're doing, I suppose. And at the time, obviously, the song that's being sung is being sung... Uh, the idea, I believe, is being sung by Zolf. It's Zolf's song. Mm. And it's essentially mm. talking about he's dying, right? The song is about him dying and going home to his mother. Yeah, yeah, his as passing. As, can, yeah. as far as I can tell, the 50,000 times I've listened to that song, that's, uh, <laughs> that's what that song's about. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I, I can't imagine that you can die there because that would... It would ruin the moment, wouldn't it? Would it? Moment yeah. Yeah. yeah, it just seemed a weird decision to... Because uh, like, that's what I assumed, um, but it seemed weird that it kept saying, you know, press Y to heal. So I, was thinking, I think it was like panicking you. Meant yeah. It yeah, was, it was okay. all lies just to make you think you were... Because I was thinking, shit, I think I've only got three potions. So but that's the thing, keep... you don't know. It's that, yeah. it's that, it is that moment where you think, I'm not going to make this. If they keep shooting you all the way around, I was mm. thinking, I'm not going to make it. Yeah, and so... Interestingly enough, it worked fairly well for you there because you yeah. don't, I've done that twice and I'm still not sure if you can die there. And yeah. it, it tricked you into thinking maybe you, yeah. you yeah. might have died. So yeah. it's, it's, it was a pretty clever idea, dropping all the screen off and saying... Yeah, you can't see that now. Yeah, no, no you don't know what's you. going the, on. Uh, yeah. The only retentive in me says that I shouldn't be allowed to heal more than the amount of times that I had potions left. So I'm pretty sure that's <laughs> the case, actually. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you. So can. it'll yeah, just go down to your, yeah, it'll just yeah. go down to that point where the screen's sort of filling in red around the edges and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. no, it's very cool. But, um, and uh, yes, so uh, but after that, I can tell you that the decision you make, which is uh, was it evacuate or restore. Uh, yes, restoration. Now this First, is a weird that, one, isn't it? Because yeah. I, I want to. I want. I think you're about to say you chose the good choice there, but is there, is there, there isn't choice? a good choice, no. is there? No, there no, isn't. No. There very definitely isn't. Yeah. No. no. So okay, before we talk about it, why don't we all uh, own up? First time choice. Um, for me, first time was uh, I chose to restore the world to what, the way it was before. Nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I didn't. So, Sean, you, you did too. You restored the world. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't. Um, I, I want to say the nihilist in me said, no, you live with, with what's happened. And mm. so, yeah, they live with what's I, happened. I, I didn't either. I, uh, yeah. I uh, escaped. I was very, very much of, of the mind that um, they had to learn from this mistake. Yeah. And, and also they, remember that the, the, it's made extremely clear to you that when they restore, by restore, it means they will restore the world to before the calamity. Mm-hmm. No one will remember it ever happened. Mm. So there's absolutely nothing. Nothing changes to stop, to stop it, it again. happening again. And all, and all, I think all he says is the best we can do is try yeah. now 
to sort of force that memory upon yourself to, to see if you yeah. can make yourself remember mm. and then you can stop yeah it. there was a hint there that the three of them um may remember one another yeah in some mm. way but not directly it may yes, change yeah. something very slightly uh, enough yeah and the ending there uh which was which i'd watched again afterwards the the ending uh, i guess the photos that you get at the end mm-hmm. everyone well, i think you see Zolf with his wife Right. You, you, and I think both you and Rux just doing your jobs, and mm-hmm. Zia looking heartbreakingly sad on her own. Whereas the other choice, which is to, which is the more, yeah, I suppose, um, educational life lesson choice, yeah. is is where you have to accept the shit that's gone before and move on. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, the end montage features uh the, the the characters that you've come to know uh living together on the bastion yeah. yep. everyday things cooking and eating and yeah yeah i, I do like the picture of uh of Zolf doing the washing up with a <laughs> little windbag on his shoulder yeah 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 <laughs> little help, the the little animals that you've uh or creatures that you've rescued and befriended uh, there are several um this is another interesting feature of the game is that uh, you fight most of these monsters uh, many many times over but there's a few little uh, uh bonus collectible items which is uh, where you get to bring a, a small selection of the menagerie back to the bastion with you and they actually help you out at a point yes. uh, yeah, so. later where the ura attack the bastion um and you can either if if you're if you're strong enough at this point they might all stay alive um, yes, if, they can if, die. Yeah, but they can die. Yeah, and then they're gone, which is sad. Mm. So the decision, that decision, I found to be, and I've, I've said it a few times, the most difficult decision I've ever made in a video game. Wow, uh, I've never had a choice in a game that I found harder to make than that one because deep down I knew I wanted to do the escape, but I sort of thought I should have done the restore. Right, but it's made clear. Again, by Zia, that she has, I think she definitely says something along the lines of she's never been happy. She was never been happy. Yeah. She's never felt part of anything until she met yeah. you yeah, four or, or this four people. So essentially, you are sending her back, regardless of whether you could stop the calamity happening or not. She would be miserable either way. Yeah. Yeah. And the idea is that you've most likely fallen in love with her at that point. Mm. Uh, which makes, which does make the second ending, although as I say, feel more like a, a, a real life lesson for, for you know to take away with you from the game into the real world. That mm. does also have a slightly selfish connotation about it. If, if you take that reading of it, that the kid has affections for Zia and vice versa. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I took that ending. Uh, well, the way I played the game was I played it all the way through. Luckily, uh, I had the game maybe a week early. And like you said, I didn't really know too much about it, but I'd had this code sent to me by a very excited uh, PR saying, hmm. here's your code, you can use it now. And I thought, oh, okay, that, that's, oh, cool. that happens, that's cool. And then I put it on <laughs> and then played it like nonstop. But I, I, I played to the end, made my choice to not restore the Bastion, hmm. obviously, and I saved uh, Zolf. And then uh, as soon as that finished, sat there, watched the amazing credits, song over the credits, mm. which is, I think it's an, such, such a fantastic song. And yeah. then um, I immediately reloaded my save and 
you then have to play that whole last section again, the whole since the point you left the Bastion last. Yeah, it actually gives you a warning, doesn't it? The, yeah, the, it says you can't here. Yeah, you ain't going back. Yeah. So then I did that again, saved Zolf again because, like I said, you're not. I just I just like couldn't me. bring myself yeah, to leave yeah. that. Yeah. And then I chose the restore ending and saw the ending, and I was gutted. I was I felt terrible for even having had to do that. I thought I wish I'd never seen that ending. Mm. I wish that had never happened. Really. Why? Why uh, so? Why such a strong response? Straight after the the um, the, the the way the the ending I chose first made me feel happy and and the song and and everything and the pictures being all jolly and everyone being happy and then seeing the picture of Zia sitting lonely and hmm. alone on her own, I just felt like I I honestly wish I'd never done that. I thought wow. if if I'd have known that was going to happen, I I would have been happy just seeing the one ending. Not even which the gamer it, score would. Not even that, Compensate. and uh, the achievement even made me feel a little bit, you know, <laughs> a little worse about it. I'd say, but uh, the yeah, I I felt I felt bad, about it. I thought, and I thought that's what makes that game a little bit more than a game to me. Yeah, that the fact that I it managed to make me feel so bad about my my choice that I literally only did out of curiosity and for yeah. gamer score. Were you not <laughs> tempted to to do what I did, which is to not see the other endings until you played through your new game plus? No, uh, mainly because I was doing my review, oh, which I wanted course. to get done yeah. okay. before my new game plus. But after, it was a good sign if you write reviews of games before and they're on the deadline, is that when you finish your review, you finish the review and then you turn around and carry, carry on, on playing on, yeah. the game that you were playing, uh, which Bastian I did do. I played my new game plus and I played it all the way through. And then I've now played another new game plus uh, all the way through again. Uh, my new game plus got me every uh no my new my new game plus left me a few things undone in the world and then i played it once more to uh 100 and 200 point in the game there comes a point when when you can no longer level up um yes yeah you know which happened to me before the end of second loop so mm -hmm. there's it, yeah. i guess all that nice sort of enjoyable hoovering up of uh little xp shards um which I still, even though it, it no longer matters, I still have the magnet uh, yes. liquor. Does that attached. not give you money? Uh, oh well, yes, that's true. Yes, it, yeah, it does. Yeah, um, for but yeah, because I still haven't. I think I've still got two weapon upgrades to buy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, which is yeah, just for the sheer hell of it. Um, but yes, you could just keep looping forever. Yeah, um, I think no, there by, would come by the end point. of my second playthrough, I'd got and done everything. So I got all the upgrades and everything, and all that done. Um, with, and I'd, I'd not had any of the idols on. I don't think significantly. No, no. So I didn't either. Of, I didn't. It makes a bit of a mockery of getting does, extra XP yeah. for having that on. But the idols come in very importantly for the leaderboards. You've yes, got to have the idols on for those in order to get anywhere near the top of the leaderboard. So that's where they come into play. It, it's yeah, it like, multiplies your XP, but your points too, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. I noticed so. uh, earlier. I looked after finishing my new game plus that I'd moved up from sort of fourteen thousandth up to twelve thousandth or something. That's yeah. probably wrong. Yeah. Dan, I noticed you were considerably higher in the top five thousand or something like that. Probably just because I played it through a few times. Yeah. But I think on my last one, I did maybe put on a few idols just yeah. for. Do you know what I did actually? I put on a few idols and I played the before I played the dream sequences. Yeah, right. and because yeah. I already had the mortar by then. Yeah. And I, and, I, and I put everything else into health potion-based stuff yeah. to keep myself alive, basically turn myself into a kind of tank mm. character mm. to do those. So that's probably where I got a fair amount of points. 
Yeah, yeah. So there's three of those. So we should talk about those quickly. Uh, they're called um, what are they called? Uh, nowhere, not called Nowhere Land. They're called uh, something along those lines. Um, someplace like else. Yeah, someplace else. Yeah, something like that. It's, it's yeah. non-specific. Yeah, but there's three of them. They each relate to an item: a cooking pot, a bedroll, and a pipe. And mm-hmm. they effectively they're you know uh, like your classic RPG stroke action game uh, arena of combat that allows you to play and test out your weapons. But actually uh, the narrator does his bit throughout each of them and reveals a lot of uh, backstory about Ulfzir and the kid. Yeah, I mean, that's the interesting thing is we were talking about the kid and saying we didn't know anything about him, but as you play through the game, you actually, from my memory, don't find out that much hard information about the kids through the normal game. It's no, just only his dream, when you I think, get to it? that dream sequence that you really find mm-hmm. out a bit more about him and who he was and uh, yeah. you know family from before the calamity. It's almost purposeful that they don't tell you much about the characters from before the calamity mm. during the game. They keep it's it sort very of their origin much. story, isn't it? Of yeah, each yeah, of them, yeah. you, you hear their origin mm. and how they came to be where they were before yeah. this game started. And it's amazing uh, to I, me I, that you would miss that if you didn't do the dream sequences because there's yeah, no yeah. reason per se to do the dream sequences at all. No, there's, yeah. there's. Uh, I, I like the way it tells you. Even in the uh, in the in the tutorial uh, text, um, mm. there is no penalty for failing the yeah. the dream sequences. Um, so there is. Uh, who knows where? That's what they're called. Mm. Um, so you're pretty much, especially when you when you're first playing through the game. I think you're quite likely to stumble across it, and and also to think that it's worthwhile because you get these huge, great big balls of XP for doing them. Mm-hmm. Um, which, which are tempting and, uh, yeah. And they have, they have a few little sort of neat graphical effects in there as well. So it's worth mm. sort of spending that time in. And, and also it's, it's as well as revealing that backstory that you might not otherwise get, it also proves that the game stands up well as a, yeah. And as, as an action RPG, as a yeah, combat mechanic is, is solid. It yeah, turns out exactly. it's not something to just trip you through the, uh, through the story to keep you busy while they tell you a story you know it does do you seem think to have it, some... if it was a more traditional dungeon crawler you know torchlight or not 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 to denigrate these games in any way or crimson alliance one of those and didn't have all the weapons and so on to make it that much more interesting if it was simply you know quaff potion hack thing for points quaff potion hack thing for points do you think that because of all the extra stuff the the lovely art style the soundtrack the story and so on would it have such a, a a high place in your esteem, Dan? Or, or if it wasn't, anyway. if it was just the gameplay rather than the the world and the story, you mean? No, I mean if it was if it was the world and the story. That, that, well, that's yeah. It's two questions there. If it was the exact same world, story, art, music, etc., but the gameplay was less interesting, yeah, and was more of a traditional, just yeah, a more traditional dungeon looter, say. So you've basically got a hack button mm. and a potion button, you know, and maybe a shield button. You haven't got yeah. all these interesting weapons. Would it would it still be as as well regarded? I'd like to say yes, but I I, I suspect no. I suspect the amount of time that I put in subconsciously, not really realizing it, but as we talked about it earlier, uh, choosing specifically what weapon to use and which to power up and what potions to use. I think. Without that, I wouldn't have felt as as involved, and I might have been thinking, "Well, I may as well just watch this as a story," you know. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think it forces you into caring, and 
to the point where I think, and it sounds a bit, uh, oh, I don't know. Uh, it sounds a bit trite, I guess. But um, sometimes in a game, you're looking for your, to max out your DPS, right? Mm. So you're, you're doing your weapon build to max out your DPS. But I got a feeling sometimes in Bastion, I was uh, trying to get my weapons just right and balance my tonics and things together because I wanted to save the world mm. rather than win the game, if you get my drift. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Does anyone else have a, a different answer to that? So yeah, um, competent but uh, less imaginative mechanics in the with in the same audio, visual, and narrative setting. Would it, how would do you think you guys would feel about the game? I think m- me personally, I'd still be very much interested in the game. Um, although I might not be as in love with it as I am. Mm. Uh, but I would say if you were to flip that around and say it was just this kind of interesting action game yeah. without any of the art and without the soundtrack, I think I w- would be struggling to remember what game we're even talking about. Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think the mechanics are good, but that's not what makes Bastion unique. And the presentation is what makes it unique. Mm. And, yeah. That's what makes it truly fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I was thinking earlier when um, when Josh was talking about the sort of secret passages that or secret areas that you don't know are there until you sort of look around the areas. I was thinking about Torchlight then because those dungeons frustrated me so much in Torchlight. It it often wasn't clear where you needed to go, but it also wasn't clear how to explore the the area if that sounds it might sound odd but you ended up sort of looping back on yourself and getting a little bit lost and it never felt it never felt like a good thing to me in torchlight but in bastion it really did i was happy to wander around and if i went down a a path and found an enemy there which you do sometimes um and found i was at a dead end i knew i could turn around and go back the way i came and just and still enjoy it so i think the combat is good. I think the world and exploring it are good, but it's bringing it all together that makes it the game that we're talking mm. about and the one we remember. Without any one part of that, I think it's lesser than than it is as as a whole. Mm. Um, I think it made uh, it made the the competent game mechanic made experiencing the game not in any way a chore. Yeah, it yeah. never seemed. I I never really thought. Oh, come on. Jesus Christ, you know? Yeah. Like, for, for instance, when I'm balancing on a rope in uh, Skyward Sword that I'm playing at the moment, I'm thinking, Christ's sake, this is ridiculous. I just want to play this game. Stop making me do stupid shit, right? Yeah. But never, never in, in Bastion because the, the game play itself was not annoying and not just, restrictive. Just to flip that around, I'd also say the story never intrudes on the gameplay either. Mm-hmm. Um the narrator is always giving you this information, but it never the net game never goes, okay, stop, cutscene, no. yeah, watch that yeah. for five minutes. Yeah. You're still in control throughout the entire experience yeah. and you're still absorbing all this story without it irritating you. It's almost drip fed but yeah. constantly drip fed to you, isn't it? There's you're always getting something and you're not really maybe even realizing that what what's happening is someone is basically reading you a storybook. Uh at your pace that you're, you're unlocking mm. stuff, but 
it's constant and never, like you say, never. I mean, I think the only point that the game really does actually stop is when you're made to make a choice, and they and they really slap you in the face with that by saying, right, you're not. Here's the choices right in your face. The game's not even on the screen anymore. Almost, yeah. Fill the screen with these choices. This is the only bit we're stopping for. You know. Yeah. Sean, what about you? Uh, as regards to well, summing up and uh, your feelings as regards to the that question about. Does you know is is the game interesting enough to have more boring mechanics, or are the mechanics interesting enough to hold a game up on their own? Uh, it's funny because for me, the gameplay was the least interesting part mm-hmm. of the entire game. You guys are actually making me like it more than I thought I did. Listening <laughs> <laughs> to you guys talk about it, um, I thought the, the story and visuals really just held it together for me the most. I, I was uh, I was most interested in. So uh, if it had weaker gameplay mechanics it probably wouldn't have bothered me because the story was so neat hmm. for me um i think one of the like we keep using uh words the word memorable and i think i think that that is it in you know we've had it's been yet another strong gaming year i think 2011 and you know we've been well served by and large but there's a lot of homogenous games out there. You know, there's there's games that remind us of other games and there's sequels. And here's this brand new game and it's got this unique style, this unique atmosphere, a couple of new features. Um, I like this particularly strong thing for me is is the fact that it has these very this very distinctive set of enemies, which reminds me of classic arcade games where you knew as soon as you saw each monster that it would require a certain specific set of tactics to beat it. Um, and also the the juxtaposition of this, you know, beauty, the color. And there's quite a lot of humor in the game as well. You know, the names mm-hmm. of the monsters and the areas and things like that. Yet mm-hmm. the game itself is really sad. It's mm-hmm. the overall, the tone is, is sad. And yet if you just look at it, it's, it's pretty and it sounds, yeah. you know, it sounds gorgeous. Um, and yeah, I think it's, it's one of the games that I'll remember the most from 2011. Now, <laughs> speaking of remembering, um, <laughs> Dan, you, uh, not all of our Kane and Rinse listeners will know, um, that you in fact like this game so much, you have a permanent reminder of it, not just your signed soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one thing we were talking about earlier was that the, the incidental items that you pick up throughout the world and they're, they're purely incidental items. They have no gameplay function at all. Uh, and to explain how they work, when you go back to the Bastion, you can talk to a person, and the only you basically interact with them, and all that happens is it pops up a list of your items. You select an item, and depending on who you're talking to, uh, the narrator will tell you what that per- what that item means to that person. Basically, that's right, isn't it? That's how that sort of yeah, works. Yeah, yeah. So if you and you can also take every item to every person and when a person turns up that wasn't in your team before you can show them all the old items as well i believe so there's a lot of story there as well and they're they're really i found that really interesting that uh you would show this book say to zia and she'd say it's just my book i I can't even read it it's not in my language and you'd show it to zolf and the narrator would say zolf or something in that book <laughs> when and, he cha- and it changed him and then <laughs> yeah. that's like the initial bit and then later on you find out that what he found in that book was that the the Salondians changes the whole work fucked yeah. everything yeah. up didn't they yeah. <laughs> but uh, and that's really interesting and and uh, interesting to me and the first item that you do that with is uh the kid has on his back a cog a metal cog with rope 
wrapped around it. And it's called, it's known as the Star of Solondia. And it basically, the, the description isn't even all that much. It's, uh, this is all the kid had when he started. And, and to other people, I think it just gives you a description of what they think of or how they came to be in Solondia. And uh, after playing the game for a few times, and quite a long time after I'd not played it for a while, it came time for me to uh, get a tattoo. Uh, a few things had changed in my life, and I thought I'd, it was a giant time for a tattoo. It's not my first tattoo by any means, it, but it, it is my first uh, on-show tattoo, if you get my drift. A mm. uh, uh, short sleeve shirt will not cover this tattoo. It's on my left wrist. And it's that star of Zelandia copied uh, from a screenshot in the game, uh, of, well, from the artwork of the game. Uh, that you that you see when you present that item to somebody, and that's yeah, I had that tattooed on my left wrist. And I'm very pleased with it, and it's my first gaming tattoo. Mm. It's nicely vague uh, yeah. for a tattoo, which is I think is a good what thing. What did the artist tattoo. make of it? Did he have any idea what it was, or did he ask you? Uh, she actually, she, uh, she's a female tattoo. Uh, <laughs> assuming, uh, well, I like I say, I had some other tattoos, and I had a tattooist I used to go to in London, but now I live in Glasgow. So I had a word with the only person that's worth talking to about tattoos I know in Glasgow, uh, Paul Rooney, who's mm-hmm. was on your uh, yes, yes, your very podcast and one of our writers at Ready Up. Uh, he's very tattooed, yep. very nice tattoos he's got on him there. So I went to his studio that he goes to, and they 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 didn't know what it was. Uh, and they had it. They, I showed them the art. They liked it. They liked the design. She said, "We don't need to change it. We can take that." As it is, okay, I can tattoo that on you, basically, because often they'll, they'll advise you that that's mm. not going to work yeah. as a tattoo. Uh, but they liked it, and, and I told them about where it came from, and it had a good meaning. I'm also, by trade, uh, sort of an engineer, uh, an electronic engineer, but uh, an engineer that has a bit of a, a meaning to me in a sort of that sort of functional way. It's a very engineery type symbol, isn't it? It's, yeah, uh, very mechanical. Uh, and, I, and, and the idea, I think, is that the kid did that sort of work as well right he's mm. he worked on the war and defending and was a bit of a soldier but yeah i quite liked it like that and uh i actually emailed uh, the guys at supergiant games initially to ask them after emailing them after the review and telling them that their game is fantastic which you gave it uh do you know i gave it a nine out of ten and i regret that i thought you'd given it a ten. Ten. i thought i gave it a ten but i checked and uh, i think i gave it a nine and i regret that and i apologize for that i have i've, I've <laughs> massively uh while i defend my 10 out of 10 that i gave gave gears of war 3 it does make a mockery of my bastion review does your ready and, up review uh, contribute to its meta score it doesn't know so i'm glad about it if there's one yeah, thing i'm yeah. glad about if we ever get uh added to metacritic i might uh might change that score <laughs> <laughs> but um I, I'd, I'd emailed the team at supergiant games and they'd sent me some artwork they asked me not to distribute that i could use as the basis for my design of my tattoo uh it was a sort of internal document because they haven't released that artwork yeah. publicly which is very nice of them mm. and then i sent them the the uh the finished photos of the of the tattoo and they they, they were uh Pleased, I suppose. <laughs> they wrote a blog that featured a link to my tattoo, and uh, they oh, wow. they tweeted it with the word "intense." That was all it was—just the word "intense." <laughs> Which cool. I guess someone getting a tattoo of your video game that you made is probably yeah quite intense. And as far as I know, from a lot of Google searching, Google image searching, uh, at least at the time I had it done, yeah. there isn't another Bastion tattoo yeah. that I've seen. Oh, the problem is the word "Bastion" and video games. And there's up a lot of uh, Kingdom Hearts 
things oh, with okay. Hollow Bastion being the main sort of place there. But from what I've seen, and I haven't searched again since because I don't want to, because uh, yeah, I want it to be unique. <laughs> but yeah, so that's my that's my uh, my feelings for Bastion were that strong, I guess that it stayed with me, and and now it will fucking stay with me. <laughs> I think that's very telling, telling actually, Dan. That at the time you reviewed the game and gave it a nine out of ten, but over six months now since since the the game was released, five six months. <laughs> Certainly, I feel, and it sounds like you feel like your appreciation for the game has actually increased, and that's usually Definitely the opposite so. with games, isn't it? Normally, the hype at the yeah, time yeah. makes us, you know, gush about a game that then six months later we're sort of it was good, but it got a bit of perspective, a bit of distance, and it, well, it exactly. lessens. Yeah. But yeah. you see, you've hit upon the exact ethos of this very podcast. This is <laughs> why we talk about these games several months down the line to see. Yeah. Uh, where we've come with them, and yes, I, I, you know, none of us can probably finish stronger than Dan saying he got a tattoo. But yeah, yeah just to echo that sentiment, um, I actually went back to it, playing it today. I thought I think I underrated this at the time. I didn't review yeah, it. Yeah. I just meant I meant internally, yeah. I underrated mm-hmm. it. I think it's uh, one of, if not the best, downloadable game this year. Um, yep. And you know, I play a lot of those. That doesn't sound like massively high play, praise, but I play several of these a week, and um, and it's certainly one of the most memorable video games of 2011, and I'm sure it will remain that way now. I mean, you're exactly right, Joe. Uh, the the fact that I appreciate well, to make to make a point about the tattoo, uh, which I guess proves your point even more of your analysis yeah. of me, which is very spot on. Uh, the tattoo finished healing about last week. I've only had this tattoo for. Uh, maybe six weeks, uh, and mm. then it was done in two sessions. So it was a long time after the game came out mm. that I chose that as, and I didn't, and I, I chose it the week I decided to get a new tattoo. You see, uh, mm. I didn't think I hadn't been thinking since I played the game. I'm gonna bast in tattoo, but when it came time to think of a gaming tattoo that I would like, mm. it was fairly obvious. I didn't think of anything else. Uh, nothing seemed right. Mm. So. You're right. Uh, in the time since the game, I played the game, I've, I've taken to it a lot more, and the soundtrack has been a constant, uh, yeah. constantly on my playlists and all sorts of things, which is it's well worth a listen. Uh, there's even a bit of extra story on the the soundtrack, which is downloadable, I think, in a digital form and purchasable as a uh, physical form. Yeah. And if you buy if you buy the physical CD, you get the download as well. <laughs> Yeah, there's so a couple of bonus nice. tracks that aren't in the game, aren't there? And yeah. uh, I think it's, is it $15 from the website? Um, mm-hmm. Or you can pay more if you wish. Uh, but there's also a version of the game. If you buy the game on Steam, there's a soundtrack edition, which comes with mm-hmm. with the music. Um, and yeah, that's thoroughly recommended. I don't think the game has uh, yet been reduced at all. Is that right on on the Xbox so. Live Marketplace? I think no, it's, I don't think so either. I, I, I was actually looking for that because what I want to do is uh, to take up... Uh, oh, who was it? Um, uh, bought a lot of enslaved... Oh, Darren. Darren, of course, Darren. Right, yeah. Uh, I, I have a feeling that if it does get cheap, I just I really regret that there's no way of gifting, gifting Xbox yeah. games to yeah. people. Yeah. But if it gets cheap on Steam, maybe I'll just buy it for everyone on there. But, uh yeah, because I want to force people to play it because they will like it. Yeah, mm. evangelize. Uh, and if they don't like it, if they come back and say, "Thank you for buying me that game. I didn't like it," and I can then say, "Well, that's good because now anymore. you're not my friend anymore." Yeah, yeah. it's annoying you absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. want anything to do with you. Yeah, so, you would probably yeah, want, my life. I don't know about control methods on the PC, but you'd probably want to play it with a an Xbox controller. I would imagine. I would, yeah, it's it has a new sort of scheme on the PC. I've played it on the the PC. Yeah, yeah. it's more pointing pointing to where you want to shoot. Mm. 
and I don't think mm. it feels as good. But you can play mm. it with a with a pad. Okay, but yes, uh, so it, it remains twelve hundred MSP, which is obviously your ten pounds or your fifteen dollars. But mm-hmm. uh, anyone would anyone care to suggest it's not worth that? Good. No. <laughs> to close this issue of Cane and Rinse, just let me run down these few bits and bobs. Our blog is, of course, at canerince.com, and we are part of the Character Select Network, where you can come in and join all the discussion about our podcast and the other members at thecharacterselect.net slash forum. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, at canerince. You can email us at canerince at gmail.com, and you can like our now topping 100 likes, facebook.com slash canerince page. And naturally, your iTunes subscriptions and reviews and ratings are very, very welcome. It just remains for me to thank James Carter, Josh Garrity, Sean O'Brien, and special guest Ready Ups, Dan Benden. I've been Leon Cox, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>